Today's Global IQ Minute is with Abbas Milani, Director of Iranian Studies at Stanford University and the author of the just-published book, The Shah, which includes surprising and new material about Mohammad Reza Shah, the last Shah of Iran. Well, thank you for joining us for a Global IQ Minute. There's certainly been a, a lot of activity in the last few days, specifically with the warships from Iran that have uh, gone through the Suez Canal. What were really the motivations for that, and what do you think is, is, is going to occur? I think their motivation was primarily show some muscle. And more importantly, I think they were trying to keep, uh, as Shakespeare says, get the minds busy with foreign wars. Uh, every time they have a problem at home, they try to create an international situation, international crisis. Both rally around the flag and deflect attention from what is happening at home. The fact that they could not deracinate the, the, the democratic movement in spite of their incredible brutality in the last year and a half, I think has been a very rude awakening for them. They know they're next in line. They're trying to, I think, avoid that. A year and a half ago or so, there were major protests throughout Iran. Now we're hearing that there are a number of protests, but it's hard to find out because of just the difficulty in getting information. How widespread are these protests? The protest a week ago, and then a week before that, two protests, and both of them were much larger than anybody anticipated because the government had gone on a full propaganda blitzkrieg saying that we're going to treat anybody who comes as essentially a combatant against the regime. Do you have a sense of how many and, and where were they located? The first demonstration was larger and I am told that around the country it was in the several hundred thousand, if you add all of it. In Tehran it was several tens of thousands, but it was in several other cities. The second round was also big, smaller than the first, but big by any standard. But the center was in Shiraz, and Shiraz was much larger, and that's where one student was killed. In Tehran, two students were killed. And the regime did one of the most macabre things I have ever seen, even by their standards. They literally stole the bodies of these two young men and declared them to be their own victims and praised them as martyrs and put his one of their brothers in prison because he went on television and said what the regime is claiming. Uh, the regime claimed these were our agents infiltrating the Green Movement is absolutely false. The administration was criticized a year and a half ago for not being really supportive enough uh, of, the, of the protesters. Now what can or should the United States do to support the movement? I think the United States should completely come out and say that we support the democratic rights of the Iranian people, that we are opposed to the brutal suppression of this movement. The two leaders of the movement, uh, Mr. Musavi and Mr. Karrubi, are now under house arrest. The international community, I think, should make it very clear that this is unacceptable. You cannot do this with the leaders of the democratic, peaceful, lawful movement. I think the United States should rally uh, its allies, including Turkey. Uh, I think Turkey must be made to understand that you cannot claim the, the mantle of leading at the democratic Middle East, Muslim Middle East, as Turkey wants to, and yet be in bed with the most brutal regime in that region. Now, Gaddafi has taken over that mantle of brutality from them, but you know, a regime that is in the league with Gaddafi is not something that Turkey wanting to lead the democratic Middle East in the future can be seen as being bedfellows. We've seen several governments fall in the last, last month. 
What do you think may occur in Saudi Arabia? You know, Saudi Arabia is a very complicated situation because both the number of uh, the citizens is smaller, they're much more dispersed. The citizenry is much better taken care of than some of the other Arab countries, although they're disenfranchised politically, but they do, a lot of them do get part of this oil wealth. And monarchies have the capacity to maneuver more than a, a presidential system because monarchies can change the government, can move the pieces around and say that we are being attentive to the wishes of the people. Jordan did this very deftly, very quickly. My sense is that of those royal sheikhdoms and uh, monarchies, the one that is probably most in danger is Bahrain. And that's because several factors. There's a disproportionately large Shiite population. The Iranian regime has deep influence because Bahrain till 1967 was claimed to be part of, Iran claimed it to be part of its sovereign nation. And so there are deep roots in the regime it's clearly using that and clearly uh, trying to, in my view, uh, ferment more trouble for the Sunni kings who have ruled, the Sunni family that has ruled that place. So I would think that Bahrain is the one that is most vulnerable. Thank you very much, and we look forward to reading your book. Thank you for having me. To hear more from Dr. Milani, please go to dfwworld.org forward slash podcast. Global IQ Minute is a production of the World Affairs Council of Dallas-Fort Worth.